0: I invite you to hear this word from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 16 through 20. Hear these words for us today from the New Living Translation. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. We pray with me? Most holy and gracious God, Father, Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your love, for your grace, and for your work amongst us. And Lord, as we enter into this time of deep discipleship and devotion, we ask for you to pour out your heart upon us, to pour out your love upon us, to pour out your spirit upon us. May we be attentive to you in this moment to hear how you are calling us to live for you. And Lord, may I become less so that you may be more in this moment. May the words of my mouth and meditation, my heart be pleasing to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I've been nostalgic a little bit lately for Kentucky. As many of you know, Abby and I lived there for a good 12 years for me, about 18 years for Kentucky. So it's really a lot in a, in a lot of ways home for Abby and a second home for me. And so I've been nostalgic a little bit for places of familiarity back in Kentucky. Places where I used to eat with clergy friends and mentors when we would get together to have conversations. I don't miss the food at those places so much as sometimes I miss the conversation at those gathering points. Though I do miss Cain's chicken. I do miss Cain's chicken and I will tell you, it is too far away from Huntington to drive. Abby has told me that. I can't drive to Lexington and come back for dinner, though I have been tempted time and time again. I get nostalgic for horse farms in the fall. I get nostalgic for those places of familiarity. And I get especially nostalgic when I feel down and discouraged about my role, about my place in ministry, about my life to go to a place that I would used to walk to, walk at. In a lot of my appointments in Kentucky, there was this place that was about an hour or so from a number of my appointments that whenever I felt discouraged or defeated, I would go there and I would just walk. I would spend a couple hours and just hide out and walk in the fields and the hillsides and the tree lines and just spend time with God praying. Sometimes venting and just expressing myself. Just me and God. And if I was really angry, I'd find a good golf course and just take out my frustrations on a golf ball. But as you know, I'm a klutz. So I'm not playing golf today. But I would go and find that time to just go in a place of familiarity. And it wasn't always the perfect when I got back. I didn't have it all solved, but it helped me to feel better to be in that place of comfort for just a little while that meant so much to me. And I wonder if for the disciples in our story this morning from Matthew 28 16 to 20 if they too were looking for a place of familiarity. In Matthew's gospel we don't necessarily get a lot of the, of the stories that we get in Luke or in John or even in Acts that tell us of how the disciples spent time with Jesus for 40 days after the resurrection. The first story that we get of the disciples as they have gathered is that they have heard the report from the women that Jesus is alive and that he wants them to go back to Galilee. He wants them to go back there to this place of familiarity. This was a word that they got after the resurrection, but also too after They had promised that they would never abandon Jesus, but yet they did. So perhaps they go to this place of comfort, a place of familiarity, not knowing exactly what Jesus is going to say to them. Jesus wants to have a talk with us. Is he about ready to read us the riot act? Is he about ready to tell us where have you been all this time? Is he about ready to tell us, look, you promised you were never going to abandon me. Where were you? He tells them to go back to this place of familiarity. This place that for the disciples was not just a place that they had called home. A place where they had fished along the shorelines. It was also a place where they had spent time with Jesus teaching and listening and in discipleship places where they had spent time healing and encountering people. There's a place where they spent time worshiping God. And they go back there looking for Jesus. And as Matthew tells us, it's at a mountaintop that Jesus appears. Maybe not so much a mountain. If you seen photos of the Sea of Galilee. They're more like hills around the the shoreline. I tend to think that there's a couple spots on the Galilean side that might have been some good hideouts. But what Matthew is using with this word mountain is to alert us to the fact that something important is about ready to take place. Here for these disciples, here for each of these followers of God as they come to be re-encountered with the presence of God. Every time Matthew says that a mountain is coming, it's a time of deep learning and discipleship. And so here on this mountain, Jesus comes. And he approaches the disciples and some of them worship God immediately. They recognize Jesus for who he is as the incarnate God, the resurrected Lord, the Son of God. And they worship. And they praise him for who he is as the Lord of all. But Matthew says some were doubting that that was Jesus. Now in our mind, we immediately go, yeah, yeah, it's the disciples. They often get it wrong. We always get it right. But I don't necessarily think that this was a measure of doubt in this moment. Think about those moments when you go to Target and you're coming out of the, their car and you see someone walking in the parking lot and you do a double take because you think it's somebody you know but you're not sure if that's them or not. That's what we're looking at here. They think it's Jesus but they're not sure. So they do a double take. They're a little skeptical. But they see Jesus. They see Christ come before them. And they begin to talk and begin to share. And Jesus begins to teach them one last time. And he says, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. Everything has been given to Jesus. All power, all authority, all of the promises of God have fallen upon his shoulders. Jesus has acted with authority, but this time it's a little different because he's the resurrected Lord. And all the powers of God, all the hope of God, the whole kingdom of God is under his lordship. He is the true Lord as a result of the resurrection. He is our true God, our true King, our true hope. And announcing that the res- he is. All authority and all power here on heaven and earth, he's making an allusion to something we see in Daniel chapter 7, verse 14. There we see Daniel say that someone like the Son of Man would be given all authority on heaven and earth. Kind of a messianic, apocalyptic promise. Jesus is saying he is that person, that Son of Man who is the Lord, who's gonna guide and shape everyone. And as as the Lord of heaven and earth, as our true king, as the one who has inaugurated God's kingdom, as the one who is inaugurating God's realm amongst us, even now today, Jesus says, here's what my first act is going to be. We're always curious, right? When someone says that they've got the power and they've got the authority, what are they going to do with that power and that authority? What are they going to do with that blessing and that privilege that comes with leading? Jesus says, The first thing I'm going to do is tell you to go. Now, he's not telling them to get lost. He's not telling them to never show up, back up again, get away from me, go find you another place to go and I'll find another group of 12 who will be a little bit more faithful. He's telling them to go. Go and make disciples. Go and be my people. You see, the word of go emphasizes not a leaving so much as a going on a journey a going on a journey of discipleship a going on a journey of discovery the very first thing that jesus does in announcing that he has all authority and all power upon heaven and earth is to send his disciples out on a journey of discipleship commissioning them and empowers them to go and be witnesses of god Go and tell the story of God to other people. To go and live out that story. To go and, and have the faith to live it out in, our, in, in your life. To go and live out the, the joy of God, and the ethics of God, and the hope of God in everything that you do so that when someone sees you, they see there's something different about that person. I don't know what it is, but they don't live like anyone else. To go and tell others about the things that we have seen with our eyes and our hearts and our ears with about who God is. To invite people to come along the journey. To say, we don't have all the answers. We don't know it all. We're stumbling just about as much as anybody else, but come and see for yourself. Come taste and see that the Lord is good. Come and be a part of this. Come and belong. Come and have hope. To go out and to tell the story so that others can hear it for themselves. To go and make disciples. Make disciples of Jesus Christ. Now notice what Jesus says, not disciples of the Methodist Church, not disciples of a specific denomination or a specific movement. Disciples of Jesus. People who will give their life to Christ who will follow God wherever he leads. People who will recognize that this isn't a one day moment where we say, yes, Lord, I love you, but then forget about Jesus the rest of their life. But a journey that is filled with more rocks and potholes than a West Virginia highway, or at least my road. A journey that is going to be more curvy, more bumpy, than we ever imagined. To be part of this. And to teach what it means to follow in God's footsteps. Not teach in such a way that says you must do X, Y, and Z before you can ever become a follower of Christ, but to teach the ethics of God. To teach the truth and the grace together of what it means to be holy But yet to live holy. What it means to honor God with our hearts and our actions. To hold truth and grace together. Jesus is commissioning them to go and be the church. And you know what? That's what Jesus is doing for us today. Oh, pastor, that's not what I signed up for. That's your job. That's all of our job. Jesus didn't call just me. If he did, he would have probably sent me better health insurance to cover my arm. I'm gonna get in trouble for that one, Bert. He sent all of us and is calling all of us to go. To go on this journey for ourselves. To imagine what God is doing in our lives. To be disciples ourselves. Not just on Sunday morning between the hours of 1045 and whenever I'm tired of preaching. But Monday mornings and Tuesdays and when it's tough and when it's hard. To go and be a disciple when no one's watching. Go and be a disciple when it's hard and your faith is challenged by the ethos of the world. Jesus is sending us to go. And to go into our mission field of Huntington and Barbersville and Cabell County in West Virginia, to tell others about Jesus. In a world of confusion, and a world of division, in a world that says, unless you're on my team, we don't like you. Unless you're on your team, if you're on your team, we don't trust you. In a world of, of fear, and a world of division, and a world of hopelessness, we are sent out to tell the world we have good news to share. That there is hope and truth to be found in God's love. We're sent out to invite others in our community. Those who feel like on Sunday morning that the church has nothing for them, we're called to say, you know what? Come, taste it out for yourself. We're invited to go to tell the people that are dealing with mental health and drug addictions and hopelessness to come and experience hope. we're called to go and not act as though we are perfect Christians, but that we are followers of Christ seeking to figure it out as we go. And I know it's scary. It's scary to go. And sometimes we'd rather stay in our places of familiarity. We'd rather stay in our place as a comfort, and perhaps the disciples were a little uneasy themselves about going out into the unknown. They didn't have a road map. They didn't know what the next step was going to look like. They didn't know what would happen to them. And so Jesus gives them a word to encourage them as they go. A word that Matthew had used in chapter one to alert us to who this Christ is as Emmanuel, God with us. And there with the last words in the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, I am with you always until the end of the age. When you go out, when you seek to live, when you're on this journey, you are never alone. God is there. And as we go out without our roadmap, when we go to figure this out where God is leading us, I know it's tempted to, tempting to look back and say, the water was fine back there. The water is fine over here why don't we just stay where it's comfortable but jesus invites us to go into the unknown as followers of christ to make disciples and to bring others along the way we don't go in fear we don't go in anxiety we don't go with hopelessness we go knowing that with every step, God is with us. So you know what that means? We can go with boldness. We can go with joy. We can go with confidence and hope, knowing that as we go and seek to live this life, as we go and invite others to this journey, God goes with us. And that gives us hope today as we seek to be followers of Christ, and as we seek to share God's love with others. Will you pray with me? Most holy and gracious God, Father, Lord, we give you thanks for this day. We give you thanks for your love, for your grace, and for your hope amongst us. And Lord, as we enter into this time, as we seek to go where you are leading us to go, help us to be faithful to you so that in all that we do, we may give you honor and glory. Through Christ we pray. Amen.